everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Every week, we bring you insightful and encouraging information to help your homeschool family thrive. We're David and Leslie Nunnery, and we are so glad to have you joining us today. Over the last few weeks, we've had several conversations about how our big goal impacts our daily lives. We've discussed nailing down our big why and what is truly that driving force that compels us forward in whatever we're doing. We've talked about subtraction, goal setting, thriving through habits, and more. So if you've missed those episodes, I encourage you to subscribe to the Homeschooling Families podcast on your favorite platform and catch up. You can also find all of our podcasts online at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast or via the Teach Them Diligently app. As we continue with our discussion of how our big why impacts what we do day in and day out, we're going to take some time to look at some of the top priorities of parenting. Now, there are a million distractions that threaten to pull us off mission. So how do we determine what is worth pushing everything else out of the way for? Before we dive into today's podcast, though, David and I want to invite you to make a point to join us at a Teach Them Diligently event this spring or in Teach Them Diligently 365 all year long. TTD events and resources have been used by the Lord to impact countless homeschool families just like yours by encouraging their hearts, refocusing their minds, and helping them find the joy and order in what God has called them to do. It truly is a joy to get together with thousands of others who are making decisions that put the hearts and minds of their family first. Please make your plans to join us this season in Round Rock, Texas, or Pigeon Forge, Tennessee for a three-day celebration of faith, family, and homeschooling unlike you've ever experienced before. Get more details, including a list of speakers and resources that can be found there by visiting teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events. We cannot wait to see you there. So David, we parents have a ton of roles that we're balancing every single day, and each one of those have their own unique set of priorities. So how can we decide what to focus on and what to give our attention to as parents? Well, we have, um, as we've talked about in the past, I mean, I think in the last episode, we talked about that Matlock moment, right? Where you have all these boxes that are kind of sitting in this office, you walk in the room and those are supposed to be just information. Right. And, um, and uh, the background on that is that Matlock, which was a lawyer, sent a subpoena to somebody asking for a piece of paper that would actually set his client free from whatever crime they were accused of doing. Hmm. And, um, and the, um, the person that he sent the subpoena to, he abided by the subpoena, but he didn't just send him a piece of paper. He literally sent him box after box after box after box. And so when I think of that Matlock moment, I'm just thinking about all of these distractions that are competing for- All of for, the things that turn our heads every day, right? And we all have them. I mean, we all have them. I mean, I start the day and I do a to-do list and um, I get to the end of the day and sometimes I've done great and I've gotten through every single thing that's on the to-do list. Other days, I'm lucky to get through one. (laughs) And I think, wow, I just really messed up the planning. But it's because I had distractions all day long. And some of them are really important and others are just 
distractions. That's what it is. It's just they're kind of worthless distractions that take you off. You pick up your phone and you want to forward some information to somebody. And while you're on your phone, you get stuck in social network or, you know, somebody else tells you something's going on or you're playing chess online and, you know, the person (laughs) you're playing has just moved. You just have these distractions. Right. And so the point that I think we're going through on this particular podcast is what is worth pushing all those other things out of the way to get done. That you don't wait for something else to fall into line before you do it. You don't think, let me just get this done and then I will move on to this thing. These things that we're gonna go through are worth wiping the slate clean and focusing on these things. Now we're talking specifically about parenting. So today we're really laser focused on our role as parents and what are some principles that we want to make sure that we prioritize to the point that like David was saying, we are pushing everything else out of the way because the hearts and the minds and the souls of our children are truly at stake as are the health of our family and you know so much else. So these are really, really big deal things. Yes. And I think that we uh, kind of conceptualize our, our day and our life in a linear fashion. You know, we think I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. And it gets crowded. Right. You know, you got to have these priorities. You got to have, you know, you got to get all this stuff done. Uh, Again, when this stuff comes up that we're going to go through, you push everything else out of the way to make sure it happens. And it's actually built on what we've been talking about for weeks. Right. I mean, especially this first one that we're going to talk about, which we have talked about. You teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are, which you can find that in episode 102 if you want to go back to uh, you know, get the full story on what we were saying when behind that statement of you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. And if you've been around Teach Them Diligently any amount of time at all, you've heard us say that over and over and over again. And in that episode, we'll go through the background and how we, you know, we'll go through all that stuff. But if you're going to kind of, if you're going to reproduce who you are, you got to spend the time making sure that you're worthy of being reproduced. Exactly. Right? You are who you would you want are. to be reproducing. That, that's right. <laughs> and uh, so the point here is that you have to be growing. Absolutely. And what that means is, is that you are in the word every single day. And I think some people, they prefer to do it in the morning. They're, they prefer to read God's word in the morning. Others they may prefer to do it at night. I know that Lizzie Gray, many times I've had a conversation with her and she will mention that she likes having her devotions at night. David says, early will I seek thee. And I think that the principle there behind what David is saying is that you make it a priority to spend time with the Lord every single day. Um, we, I do it early in the morning because um, the principle is that I don't want to give God what's left over. Right. You know, I want him to be the very first thing that happens. Mm -hmm. And that's very important to me. And I think that is the way to ensure that I'm fresh when I'm reading God's word. So I sit down with a cup of coffee and I uh, 
you know, take a few drinks of the, of the coffee first, and then I start studying. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I'm reading in Isaiah, okay? But it is something that you have to prioritize every single day, and that's the point, is that you have to be growing, and the way you grow as a Christian is that you spend time in God's Word. Right, and, and back to that, you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are, and the fact that that, you know, who you are needs to be worth reproducing. I also, you know, for so many of us parents and probably all of the parents who are listening in um, to this podcast, our major heartbeat for our children is to disciple them to know God and to walk with God. That is that is why we do what we do. For many, that's why we homeschool. That's why we make the decisions that we do. And I, I heard an evangelist give a definition of discipleship once that I thought was so, so poignant for parents and really, really fits in nicely here. He said that discipleship is leveraging everything we've learned in Christ so that others can become more like him. So as we are growing and changing, we're able to leverage that so that our kids don't make the same mistakes, so that our kids learn things earlier, so that our kids benefit from all of the things that God is teaching us through our daily walk, through our experiences, through seeing him at work, all of these ways. So as we are growing, we are able to naturally pass that along to our kids. In fact, that's what the whole teach them diligently concept of parenting is all about. You teach them diligently to love God as you walk, as you talk, as you're doing life, because as you're growing, what's in your heart and what God is doing inside of you is just going to bubble over naturally and and reach your kids. And it's going to be just a very natural conversation that that follows. Yeah, there is not like a class hour during your homeschool day that is devoted to discipleship. It's not like math, social studies, discipleship, (laughs) you know, it's not like that. And um, so the idea behind the definition that you just threw out is that it's literally, as you were saying, it's an overflow. So it's like this impression, you know, it's this life on life and discipleship comes by living and it's being near somebody. Yeah. You have to be present in order for this to happen. And so that is really what discipleship is. And I think that we really overcomplicate it. We Absolutely. think, hey, I want to disciple my kids. So what is a great you know, book or a workbook that I can go through? And how do I need a step-by-step guide for how I should disciple my kids? And while that is not a horrible thing to think, discipleship really is just life on life. Exactly. Exactly. And sharing what you have learned with your kids. Yeah. And and we do that all the time anyway. I mean, it, it shows up very practically. I share with my kids how I learned to do dishes so that they can do them as well. Um, you know, I have shared with my kids that, a lot that of things scripture? that I, oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, cleanliness is next to godliness. Go. I okay. think is, All right. Done. <laughs> that's not scripture. I'm not saying that scripture. Before I get misquoted there. there. Um, but the fact of the matter is we are doing this day in and day out. We are discipling our kids one way or the other, and we are reproducing what is inside of us in our children, whether we like who we are or not. And that should be a really sobering point for every parent that's listening. They are going to become an awful lot like me. 
Therefore, I should want to become an awful lot more like my father in heaven so that as they are growing and as I am growing, we're all growing more like Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the next one, I, I, I would say, and this, again, these are things that it's worth pushing everything else out of the way to make sure it happens. And so there are a lot of people out there that just they will say, I am too busy to have my devotions. And I think that what we are saying is that you need to make time. Yeah. You literally need to push everything else out of the way. If you are, you know, you you um, can't get all of the homeschooling in in a single day. Well, you just need to push your homeschool day back, or you need to remove something out of your homeschool day so that you can get this done. This is something that has to happen every single day. Minimum, you need to spend uh, thirty minutes in God's word and praying minimum. And I think it really needs to be longer than that. But I don't want to, I don't want to get on a hobby horse by saying that I don't want to start putting undue pressure on people. Well, but I, I do want to say this is an extremely important thing. And it can't, I don't think it can be just a, um, a very casual thing, or even just a nod. You know, you read 100 words of a devotional, and a Bible verse. This has to be something that you are getting into the Word of God, and you're actually uh, meditating on it. You are praying, and that's the reason why I say it needs to be at least 30 minutes, but once you start, it just kind of blossoms from that. Yes, but the important thing is to get started. So if you are not currently in God's Word every day, start. Take the first step, and you'll find that your hunger for God's word will grow and grow and grow. And that 30 minute threshold that David threw out actually becomes really easy. But the very first thing you have to do is just start. So so what is the second really important reminder that we get all discombobulated on and we need to prioritize? Well, I think it's our children, our heritage, you know, under the Lord. Right. And, and this is as opposed to your children becoming a distraction. Right. Because your children become a distraction a lot of times and it is easy to fall into this trap. They become a distraction just like any other distraction that's in your life. They make it so that you can't get to something that you yeah. want to do and your children are a distraction. And so you have to separate them from every single other thing. They are heritage unto the Lord. And the book of Deuteronomy is a book about legacy. Hmm. It is a book not about passing your faith on to your kids. It's a book about passing your faith on to your grandkids and their kids and their kids and passing it on down the line from there. And so your kid, your children are a heritage unto the Lord, which separates them from everything else that is going on. So when they are demanding your time, they're not a distraction. They're a heritage unto the Lord. So you they're not to, a burden either. They're and not that's a burden. Another thing, you know, the world is constantly bombarding us with messaging and images and and all of this media about how children are a burden. And you could be so much more if only you weren't tied down. In fact, last night, David and I found ourselves um, all alone for the evening. All, all of our kids had places to go, so we went out to eat on a date. It was super fun, but our waitress. We were joking around and we're like, yeah, our kids were all out for the night. So we went out and she said, yeah, my kids are home, which is why I'm here. And it grieved me 
to no end. I mean, I'm sure she was kidding. And I, I, I throw that out only because we hear stuff like that so often, you know, because my kids do this, I can't wait for the, the bus to come. I can't, I hate Christmas break because I've got my kids with me all the time. This is an ungodly way to look at your family. Our children are our greatest blessing. They are a heritage. They are our number one priority and call on this earth while they are growing up. And we've got to make sure that our vision is set right on that. Yes. I, I, I mean, I know that I have been with you and you will see a Facebook come across at the end of summer break. And it is some mom that is saying something along the lines of, I can't wait until school starts back. And it, well, it's it, all about getting rid of your kids, outsourcing your, your kids. kids, outsourcing your kids. And it's a tough thing to read, you know, because the first thing that I think of when I, when I see that is, do they not know that Facebook is a public right. thing? And so it's not a private thing. Uh, you're not in your house talking in a room with nobody else around. You are putting it on the internet and it will make its rounds. And you need to think about that you know, about everything that you post on social network, first of all. But second of all, you need to think about the way you look at your kids, right. you know, when they are coming to you at a inopportune time, hmm. how are you approaching them? And um, I know that people get tired, right? Um, and basically what I'm talking about here is a characterization is the way that you approach your kids characterized day in and day out by the idea that they are a heritage or are they a, you know, a, a problem for right. you? Right. Are they keeping you from something? Are they a distraction? Are they are holding they a you back? Are they a hindrance? Yep. Um, and that's what I'm talking about here. This is not just one uh, reaction to your kids, you know, Hey, I am doing something else right now. Hey, I am doing something else right now. <laughs> this is not just one reaction. This is, are your reactions characterized by thinking your kids are a hindrance mm -hmm. rather than a heritage? Yeah. And again, this is the attitude. This is an approach. This is a thing that you do that is worthwhile to push everything else out of the way and treat your kids as if they're a heritage. Well, and we have to remember too, that what we are communicating with our children through, I mean, obviously like David was noting with social media posts, but also with body language, with tone of voice, with um, all of those unseen things that they pick up on, on our kids are really, really intuitive. Um, all of that that we are communicating, we are, number one, telling our kids what our view of family is, and that's going to be their view of family someday as well, because we reproduce who we are, if you recall. Um, but we're also just really downgrading their worth. We are, you know, we talk a lot about identity issues and, and, and people who struggle with anxiety and all of this stuff. Well, as parents, we are telling our kids that they are not worth that much to us, that they are actually a frustration and a, you know, a burden or whatever. And it's no wonder that kids are struggling so bad with their identity and with, with just feeling lack of peace and great anxiety and worry and fear because the people that should be giving them the most security and comfort on this planet are strong arming them. Yeah. 
And we have to be so careful not to do that and to rather praise God for them and let them know of what great value they are to us because in God's sight and in God's economy, they are a wonderfully and fearfully made individual. Yes. So the the next one, uh, which kind of flows into that, would be don't become a rival, you know? And what I mean by, by saying that is that there are a lot of homes, especially um, with teenagers that, and it doesn't have to be teenagers, but especially um, where it's a war zone. Mm-hmm. And there is a sense of pride in the way we interact with our kids. Who's right? Who's wrong? And this actually keeps us from doing very beneficial things like saying that you're sorry. Um, the reason why you would say that you're sorry to your children is to make sure that you are not building up anger right. in them. That's the purpose of saying that you are sorry. It has nothing to do with who is right and who is wrong. I mean, sometimes it does. Sure there can does. be times when you're wrong, but but we also want to make sure that we're not allowing anything to to yeah, stick and, a wedge in that relationship. And, and not to be misunderstood. If you are wrong and your children are right, and you don't say that you're sorry, you are causing anger in them. That yes. is one of the main reasons why you you would provoke anger. But you need to be very willing to say that you are sorry. And so when, when I say that, um, that's what I mean when I say don't become a rival yeah. to your kids. Don't say you are wrong and they're like a foe that needs to be beaten down. Right. Um, they are your children. Well, exactly. And I love how you noted that it was like a war zone because you, you sense that you feel that as you're talking to so many parents, their homes are just not peaceful places. Their homes are very contentious. There is so much friction and it's, it's world renowned. You know, when your kids get to middle school, high school, there's going to be all this friction that's going to be so difficult. But the fact of the matter is that as moms and dads, you have the ability to diffuse that and to stop that cycle of contention and that cycle of, you know, war that we've got going on just by putting the brakes on it, refocusing. And that since, you know, just to double back, that's how when you're growing in the Lord, when you're in God's word every day, he's going to give you wisdom as to how to get out of that cycle. When you are viewing your children as a heritage that's going to change the way that you look at them as a rival or as a foe. So all of these things really truly build on each other. Most definitely. And so this last one actually builds on what, I mean, I actually hinted towards it when uh, we were talking about don't be a rival is do not provoke them to anger. And I can tell you that from what I have seen, the number one reason why uh, 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 young people walk away from the faith that their parents had is because of anger. Yeah. And anger gives them justification for doing what they do. And when you say that you are sorry, you remove the justification. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's very powerful to say that you're sorry to your kids. And you you need to be open to doing that. And I remember talking to a father just recently. Uh, and he had told me that his son had walked away from the faith. And I literally asked the next, the next question I asked was, have you told him that you're sorry? And, and he was like, why? I haven't done anything wrong. 
And that might be true. Maybe you are in the right. But what has happened is, is that anger has taken hold of that son. And by saying that you're sorry, you have now removed his justification for being angry at you. And it makes it very difficult for him to hold on to that anger. And once that anger is removed, now you have a relationship with them and other things can start to blossom and take hold. And so, you know, Paul, I will say, you know, in sessions, you know, that um, most of the time, authors, you know, uh, pastors, when they write a book about having a relationship with their kids, they will write 200, 300 pages of information. Paul, when he was saying how a father should interact <laughs> with his kids, he said, do not provoke them to wrath. That's it. The way you should take that is above all else. Mm. Do not provoke your children to wrath. Above all else, you make sure that you don't do that. Usually when I go into that, I talk about Thanksgiving. And the reason why I do that is because in Ephesians 5.20, Paul tells the people in Ephesus to be thankful. And the setup there is that if you are thankful, it is a lot easier to not provoke your children to wrath. And the reason why is because Thanksgiving is connected to appreciation and appreciation means increase in value. Mm -hmm. And so what is now happening when you are thankful for somebody, their value to you has increased mm -hmm. in your perception. And you are not going to be as capable of provoking them to wrath. Because the things that provoke people to wrath or provoke your children to wrath are like injustice. Yeah. Right? You're treating one of them better than the other. Or you are just beating them down and impressing yeah. them constantly. You're telling them how horrible they are. You know? Yeah. Or you're not allowing them to grow up. Or That's you know. another one that I think... I think really is super hard for some homeschool families um, or all homeschool families. I don't know, because um, it's, it's very, very tempting to have a set of criteria for the way that kids do things and never, ever change that or modify that or allow it to grow and evolve as your children do. And therefore they get to the point where they, they should have more freedom. They are preparing to launch in at whatever stage of that preparation it is. And we're still treating them as if they were very young. And that is a very big way that I've seen so many families fall into this provoking their kids to anger because that opens up this whole world of they don't understand me. They don't want the best for me. They, I mean, all of these things where our faith needs to allow our kids or our faith in God needs to direct us in allowing our kids to grow up and giving them at each stage what they need as their foundation to start making decisions and choices that are bigger and bigger and bigger because we are trying to prepare them for life to stand on their own outside of the confines of our home and for so many we are doing them an injustice by not giving them some wings as they grow and they become mature enough and trustworthy enough to handle it. Yeah, I, I, I think that we need to take this idea that we're launching them into the world rather than just trying to protect them and right. insulate them. Right. We, we want to launch them into the world as Christ followers 
that will actually multiply, you know, Christ's name in the world. And so that's needs to be our focus. And, and I think that that, this is a a trap that a lot of parents fall into. Well, and for so many, they, their ultimate goal in raising their kids is that their kids won't embarrass them or won't get in really bad trouble or anything like that. And that is just as I think we talked about in uh, one of our earlier podcasts as well, that is not the right view. We are not raising our kids so that they don't embarrass us. We are not raising our kids just to keep them out of jail. We are raising our kids and preparing them to be the next generation of Christian leaders and world changers. And therefore, a lot of there's a lot of danger and risk that comes with that. And we've got to prepare them to take that. And actually, by encouraging them while they're still under the safety of our home to take some of those risks, to step out, to grow up, we are preparing them very, very well and giving them the confidence to do it and telling them where the safe place is once they do launch and they kind of stub their toe or whatever. They know they can run back to us and we'll be there to counsel and help them through it. That's right. So I I think that we probably ought to go through because we went through four of them. We probably touched on you know, a couple other things that we've talked about in, in this series of podcasts that we've been doing. But, you know, the first one would be be growing. Right. Uh, the second one would be our children, our heritage uh, to the Lord. The third would be do not become a rival. And the fourth one would be um, uh, do not provoke your children to wrath. And I think those are the four things that really you need to push everything else out of. And honestly, if you're doing those four things, those are going to touch on a lot of other things that you are doing. And and um, if you think about your children as a heritage unto the Lord, it starts to ripple into everything that you do. If you are starting your day off or you are making sure that you're in God's word every single day, it's going to have ripple effects in everything that you're doing. If you're making sure you're not provoking your children to wrath, now you are considering your actions in line of, okay, what do I do that provokes my children to wrath? Or what could I do to provoke my children to wrath? And then you don't do those things. Mm. And that also has a, a ripple effect into everything that you are, that you do. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting one. Um, those were actually the only four that become, we talked about. Do today. not become a rival. Uh, you are, you, if you, if you follow this as, Hey, they are not a competitor on the other side of the table, they're actually your children. Um, that's going to impact how you focus them, uh, how you you raise them. I mean, that is, of course, unless you have them on the basketball court or something. In that <laughs> short period of time, you want to beat them. But uh, the reason why uh, you want to play with them in basketball is because uh, that leads to other opportunities right. with them. It's a relationship building. Most point. definitely. Most Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. I hope that we've challenged your thinking in some ways and that you'll take these four basic big idea type principles and and think about them a little bit. How does that impact your day? How are you doing in these ways? Has anything crept into your life really kind of flying under the radar that you see could possibly lead to some of the things that you don't want to see within your family and what are you going to do about them? Um, So just take some time this week and think about that, meditate on that, pray about that and ask God to open your eyes. 
we would love to hear from you. So if if anything that we have said has sparked a thought or or a story or something that you'd like to share with us, send us a note, send it to office at teachthemdiligently.net. And we would love to hear what's going on in your family, how this is challenging your thinking. Uh, even if you disagree with us, let's have that conversation. We would love to go down that road with you. So send us a note, leave a, uh, a comment on the podcast or leave us a review. That would help us so much in making sure that we're able to reach other families Um, hopefully with the encouraging and insightful information that we share each week, both with these podcasts that David and I do, and then the interview podcasts that we do uh, on Thursdays every week. Just super helpful information coming your way every single week um, from a lot of people who know an awful lot of really great things. So make sure that you are following along. You don't miss an episode uh, and let us know what you think about it. So Hope you have a great rest of your week and we look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.